0: the letter that the Apostle Peter wrote to a whole bunch of churches and people that he didn't know. And Peter wrote that letter because the Apostle Paul, that had helped all those people come to know Jesus, was in prison. He was in jail. And, uh, yeah, he was in jail. The Apostle Paul was in jail because he was preaching and teaching about Jesus. And How many of you know that in some places and sometimes in some countries... You can actually go to jail for telling people about Jesus. That's pretty scary, isn't it? But you know, that could even happen to us at some point if our nation continues to move away from God. So there are sermon notes um, being passed around if you need a copy of those. I made about 15 of those. And you can also go on your app, your Calvary app. I call it Calvary in my pocket. And uh, check it out. And that one, you can highlight the scriptures, and they pop up. It's just kind of fun. So Peter's talking to families that got kids, right? All those families have got kids. And they are also affected by what's going on in the world around them and what's going on with their family. And so we're going to talk about some of, the, some of the things these kids face. I don't know about you, but I believe that our kids are our most precious possession anybody hear me you know we can have houses we can have cars and boats and planes and jet skis and motorcycles and vacation homes and stuff but guess what all of that's going to burn or rust right none of it's going to last more than a small number of years well the diamonds might last longer right but our kids are going to live forever And we, as both families and parents and a church family, are called to make sure that our kids really get to know Jesus and walk with him. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we need to be really deliberate with about them as they grow up on their faith journey. You know, our kids don't automatically understand everything we talk about sometimes when we're talking about the Lord. And we need to make sure that, that we talk to them. And we address them, that we ask them questions. We pray with them. So today we're going to look at Peter's good news for kids as well as for older kids. So I am. I are. So let's take a look at the first slide. In First Peter 1, Peter says this to all of us and to our kids. God the Father knew you and chose you before you were even born. And his spirit started drawing you to him. I like that question. What? God, you, little, you young people and you older people, God the Father knew you and chose you before you were ever even born. We say before you were a twinkle in your mama's eye. Now let that sink in a little bit. Good, thank you. Do you know, Gracie, that Jesus died for you and chose you and knew you before you were ever born? Yeah, he does. God has loved you before you even came from your mama's tummy. Wow. These two things, that God knows me and that God chooses me, why do we have such a hard time Accepting that. Do you think that God doesn't know the stuff we've done? The stuff we've been into? The stuff we've hidden? Do you think God doesn't know that? We read in the the Bible that everything is uncovered before God. Everything. He's seen it all. And He still chooses you and me. Isn't that awesome? I agree. So let me ask you a question. If you were listening, when did God choose me and you? Before you were born. Why did God choose me? Because I was born better than a whole bunch of other people? (laughs) Why did, what's that? Yeah. He loves us. And there's another one that's just really hard to absorb, right? He loves me even though he knows all the stuff I've done and all the things I have been You guys are familiar with farming a bit. So how many of you have seen hard ground? Hard, dry ground with cracks in it? Yeah. And what happens when the rain first falls on the ground? It just sits there, doesn't it? It doesn't go anywhere. It just sits there on top of the hard ground. Why? Yeah, the ground is so hard, the rain can't penetrate it. And it takes time for that rain to soften the ground and begin to seep inside and be absorbed in the ground. So I want to pray right now for God to make our hearts like that, that can absorb his rain. Jesus, I thank you for each one of us here this morning. And I ask that you would help us to absorb what you are speaking to us today. The rain that you're pouring out right now, Lord, I pray that you would help us help our ground, Lord to open up and receive it. Lord, we need your reign. We need you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So in the next part of the verse says, you chose, you, talking about you kids and as adults too, you chose to receive him into your heart. And your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow, there's a lot there too, isn't there, in half a verse. So did you notice that, that he said that we also have to make a choice to receive what God is giving? Did you know that? Did you know that not everybody in the world belongs to Jesus because they haven't received him? Some of them haven't heard about him yet, and that's part of our responsibility is to let them know. But... The Lord says, as many as received him. This is, in John wrote a letter in John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received him, he gave them the authority to become the children of God. The children of God. God's kids. You have to choose. You have to choose. If you never choose, you'll never receive. But if we choose and we say, Jesus, I choose you, he comes, he comes in. He starts to work in our hearts. So it says that you chose to receive him into your heart and your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. What are sins? Any of you kids know what sins are? Ariana, what, what do you think? Something that you do? Oh, something you did wrong. Good. Anybody else want to add to that? Any of the you other young people? What are sins? When I was a kid, I was really quite a sinner. I mean, I was a sinner all the way through. <laughs> I'm a forgiven sinner now. But I want to just share a couple things I did so you kids know kind of what a sinner looks like if you're not recognizing that in yourself there was a kid in my second grade class named pat and pat was really big and really fat and we called him fat pat and we threw and i threw rocks at him honestly i did i had no idea how pat felt i had no idea what i was doing i was just being mean is that a sin? Oh yeah, it is. Is throwing rocks at a kid a sin? Oh yes, it is. Is calling him fat Pat a sin? Oh yeah, it is. And I was a fat kid too, so I know what that felt like, but I just I just wanted to hurt somebody else. And that was a horrible thing. Did Jesus know all about that, what I was doing? Yeah, he did. Did Jesus still love me and choose me? Yeah. And I received Jesus. I needed Him, <laughs> I really did. I had another friend named named uh, Marvin, and he had skin between his fingers, and his toes. So we called him Duck or Webbed, webbed fingers. We we called him horrible things. Things that I wish that I could go back and undo. Horrible things that I hurt. I hurt people. Isn't it weird, kids, how we can be awesome young people and at the same time we can do really mean things to other kids? Okay, I'm going to ask some of those questions in just a second. So we asked, what are sins? And I'm talking about that right now. When I was in fourth grade, I learned to swear. And I I had a... fourth grade teacher named Mrs. Wall that I did not like. And with my boyfriends, my friends that were boys on the playground, I would say horrible things about my teacher. And I I just developed a habit of cussing. My mama said to me, if I hear you say that one more time, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. Anybody ever hear that one? Yeah. She called me garbage mouth. And then one time when I was in fifth grade, we were upstairs at my grandma's house, and my grandma had a cat named Mittens, black and white cat with, you know, white feet. And she had a balcony, and the balcony was right over the dining room. And my all my family, my grandparents, my parents, and aunts and uncles were all sitting at the dining room table, and there's big picture windows looking out on the lawn. All of a sudden, they see a cat drop down from the balcony into the into the bushes below. I had thrown my grandma's cat off the balcony. I guess I wanted to see if it would land on its knees. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. I remember. All I remember is my dad running upstairs shouting, Jimmy boy, I'm going to throw you off that balcony like that cat. Honestly. And he grabbed me and I held on to that sliding glass door like it was going to, like my life depended on it. I mean, I thought he was serious. I thought he was going to throw me off the balcony. My dad was trying to impress on me that what I just did was really, really bad, and it really was hurtful to an animal, and that we needed to learn to love and care for our animals. So you kids know what sin is. We adults know what sin is. It's just something that we don't know how we can get over it. We don't seem to do a very good job of that. That's why we need Jesus so much. And Peter tells us that Jesus, when we receive Jesus into our heart and give our lives to Him, that Jesus washes away our sins with His precious blood. That doesn't mean literally He takes blood and pours it on us, and, but it means that spiritually, God washes us clean so we can be stand before Him with no more sin, Our sin is a barrier between us and God until we are forgiven. So can you guys think of some of your own sins? You don't have to say those this morning. I'm having fun telling you some of mine. (laughs) They're way behind me now. (laughs) And I'm so glad Jesus forgave me. And I've been really nice to my pets ever since. (laughs) So why do my sins need to be removed? our sins get in the way between us and god they do you know god cannot god is holy he is doesn't have any sin in him at all and when we if we try to come before him with our sins god cannot fellowship with that and so god went about to solve that problem it's like if you had a test tube of beautiful, pure mountain water, and you put just one speck of bacteria in that test tube, is that water, which is 99.99999% still perfectly good water, is that water safe to drink? Nope. Nope, it has bacteria in it. And so God knows that no matter how much we think we're sinners or not, that we need the blood of Jesus to wash us clean. And, and, And how come only Jesus... Who can wash away our sins? Why can only Jesus wash away our sins? Searsha, how come only Jesus can wash away our sins? <laughs> That's really close. You know what? Oh, go ahead, Ariana. Yeah, he did die for us. But why did it have to take Jesus? Why couldn't somebody else on this earth die for us? Right. Jessica said it. And Emerson, I'm sorry, did you have an answer too? Yeah. He's God. That's true. But Jesus came to earth to be a man, to be human. And he lived a perfect, sinless life. Remember, the Apostle John pointed to Jesus when he was baptizing people in the river, when he saw Jesus coming, and he said, look, it's the, it's the Lamb of God who's the sacrifice for the sins of the world. And Peter tells us a little further when we look at this down the road a ways that, that Jesus was the perfect, sinless Lamb. No other people in this world Have what it takes to die for your sins and my sins. Only the Lamb of God, only the Son of God. So Jesus had to be the only one. Wow. Okay, the next verse, verse 3, we read, By his great mercy you have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So first of all, it says that God's got this amazing mercy for you and me. So... God cares about us. That's what have mercy on someone is to, is to help them when they don't deserve it, right? Do any of you kids ever help your sister or brother when they don't deserve it? That's really cool. God shows mercy to us. And there's no one on this earth that God will not be merciful to if they come to him. Isn't that an amazing thing? And so God gives us a fresh new life, which is what born again means. It means he gives us a new life, a, a brand new start. You've heard the word reset. I'm going to push the reset button. Right? And if you've got a cell phone or a computer and, it's, and all of a sudden it locks up, what do you do? You, you reset it. You turn it off and wait a little bit and then you plug it back in right well god does that for us when we come to him in our brokenness and our sin he forgives us and gives us a brand new life and he's, and the holy spirit moves inside of us and starts transforming or changing us to be more like jesus wow thank you lord and when it says that because god raised jesus from the dead that means jesus shows us that he overcame death you got to understand jesus is alive in his body that he walked on earth in he's not alive as a spirit you know that everybody that you know that's died in your family and people around us that have died are all in the cemetery they're all spirits now that are in heaven with the lord they don't have physical bodies anymore but when Jesus died and rose from the dead, it was, he still had his body. It was brand new, and it was called a glorified body because it was no longer able to ever die again. And because of that, he says, I'm promising that you're going to get one of those bodies. One of these days, you'll have a brand new body. Even all those people that have died ahead of us that are in heaven now, they're going to receive a new body when Jesus comes back. Anybody here looking forward to a new body? Some of us older people say, oh yeah, I could use a new body. All right, let's look at verse 18. God paid a ransom to save you from your empty life. It was not paid with human money, but by the precious blood of Christ. The sinless, spotless, Lamb of God. There's that verse. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. So first of all, we're going to talk about what ransom means in just a second. This is a really interesting verse that says that God paid a ransom to save you from your empty life. Well, let's look at the word ransom. I know it's out of order on my slide. What does ransom mean? Anybody? Yeah, I'm going to in a second. If somebody is a slave and they belong to somebody else, I know we don't have legal slavery today, but we have a lot of slavery today because there are people that are in bondage to other people. We call that human trafficking, where people own other people and they, they use them for whatever they want to use them for. And if, if you belong to somebody and you can't get free one of the things that can happen is they can sell you to somebody else. Do you kids know that there are kids, actually, that are being sold to other people? It's a horrible, horrible thing. And when someone sells somebody to somebody that wants to set them free from being a slave, that money they pay them is called a ransom. It's the same thing that happens if you're kidnapped. Somebody pays money and they get you back from the kidnappers. That's a ransom. And God is saying to you kids and you adults this morning that Jesus paid a ransom to get you out of slavery, to make you free. And what did he want to make you free from? Sin. And who else? Ariana, yes, he wanted to save you from the enemy, from Satan. How many of you know people that are under the control of the devil that are in horrible bondage and torment? There are a lot of people out there like that. But God says that all of us, before we get Jesus to come and save us, we receive him, all of us are in bondage. All of us are in slavery. All of us are stuck. We sin, and we can't stop sinning. We, we do mean things. We say mean things, and we say, I'm sorry, and then we do it again. Any of you kids ever say you're sorry, and then you say the same thing, and you, do, you say a mean thing again? Any of you kids relate to that? Uh-huh. I do. I, I still do it. I still say I'm sorry and do it again sometimes. That bondage, God wants to set us free from, and Jesus came to be our ransom. And what was the price that Jesus paid for us? That's Right. His life. His, it says the precious blood of a lamb, a sinless, spotless lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God. So God bought you out of slavery, and Jesus gave his precious life payment, his life, his blood as payment for you. For you. And God and Jesus decided this before the world was even made. Did you know that Jesus actually died on the cross as far as his willingness to do it ever before the earth was made? That's what the Bible says. Isn't that hard to understand? That Jesus knew you and even died for you on the cross before the world was even made. All right. Peter is writing to families who were being enslaved. And even killed by the Roman Empire, who worshipped their king Caesar as God. That's who Peter was writing to, and because those people were worshiping Jesus, the Roman government was was very mean to the parents and the kids. Sometimes they would take their homes away, sometimes they would take their food away, their jobs away. Their, they would tear down their churches. And I want to tell you a story now as we get close to ending about some boys and girls and parents, their parents, who are also being killed and enslaved in another part of the world right now, right now. Let's look at this next slide. There's a country on the other side of the world called Burma or Myanmar. Myanmar and Burma are the same country. They're just two different names. You see that? It's over by China and India. It's kind of in between China and India. That's a long ways away. And two years ago, an army general took over the country and put the president in jail, in prison. And And that army general and his army started attacking anybody that opposed him. They call that a dictator. The one guy that says, I'm going to be boss and nobody's going to do anything except what I want to do. Now, Myanmar or Burma is 88% Buddhist, which is another religion that does not believe in Jesus. And Mya- and this this uh, army and this general are Buddhist and they've been attacking Christians. And there's a, there's a lot of Christians. It's a minority. It's a small group of people in that nation, but there's probably hundreds of thousands of Christians in Burma, Myanmar. And the army started attacking. Uh, they, they had a battle attacking the resistance forces that are trying to stop this general. There's a resistance army. And uh, we have a pastor friend named Pastor Salai who lives in a village in an area called the Chin State in Burma, Myanmar. And... Um, the army started attacking the resistance movement near him. And there's pictures now of what it looked like. They, they started taking pictures. Can you imagine if people started dropping bombs near us? What it would feel like? I can't imagine that. And that's what was going on. So the people, what do you think the people did? They ran. They ran into the jungle. Go ahead to the next slide, and there's Pastor Salai and his wife, and then we'll see a picture of their their kids. Go ahead. There's their son, and the next one's their daughter. Isn't she sweetie? She's just born a few years ago, a couple years ago. I remember. Brooke and I have been friends with him for a little while. And go to the next one. So anyway, the army started attacking, and. Uh, in near near pastor Salai's town and so the people in the village including the church members they ran for the jungle the jungle was like a forest and it, and it was but it was very hilly very mountainous and guess what kinds of things were in the jungle yes Ariana oh you got it very poisonous snakes and what else lions well there were animals yeah I don't know if there were lions or Tigers or bears or whatever. Yes. Yes, there were bugs, tarantulas, spiders. Can you imagine sleeping out in a jungle with bugs and snakes? So Pastor Salai's church built a shelter for some of them. And after a while, they were able to go back to their houses. But they may have to run away again because the war is moving around their country and hitting different places where the resistance movement is trying to shut them down. So when they came back home, this is what their houses look like, many of them. Those are mainly Christian houses. Go ahead. There's some more examples. So many of them now have new homes. Well, new is kind of an unusual word, isn't it? temporary Do you kids think you could live in a home like that but those are kids sleeping on the ground they're sleeping on palm fronds because they don't have much in the way of blankets do they wow do you know what's really cool is that these kids and their moms and dads that are believers in Jesus even though they've suffered so much they continue to trust God and hold on to his promises We need to be praying for them, don't we, kids? Pray for Pastor Salai and for his people that they can be strong witness for Jesus. Every one of those kids received Jesus into their hearts. That's why they have the faith that they need to stand when their family and their nation is going through so much hard stuff. So, okay, so now we're going to ask a few questions as we close. You kids ready? I need your attention. First question Do you understand that you were enslaved by your sins and it separated you from God? That's what the Bible says that sin separates us from God. And that only Jesus dying on the cross could pay for you to be free and be able to come and be God's kid. Have you asked Jesus to make you free? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and be your Savior, to be your Lord, be your boss? I'm asking all you kids, you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to open your heart to Jesus and let him be first in your life. That's what God means. God means he's number one. Somebody told me when I was a brand-new Christian, brand-new believer, that if Jesus isn't number one, then he's not God. Does it make sense? Have you asked Jesus to forgive your sins and wash your heart clean? If you have, you can come before him, and he wraps his arms around you and holds you close and loves you and is able to do amazing things in your life. And if you haven't done that yet, today is a wonderful opportunity. You can do that right now. In just a minute, we're going to pray. I like that ringtone. That's wonderful. All right, we're going to close and we're going to pray. So how many of you kids were listening to me today? I see those hands. Good, 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 good. How many of you, some of the older kids raised their hands too. How many of you kids have said, Jesus, I've, I asked you to come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior already. How many of you have already done that? Some of you, okay. How many of you this morning say, I am ready to ask Jesus to come in and wash me clean and be my God. Oh good, let's do that. Let's pray right now. So I want you to Repeat a prayer. I'm going to say one, repeat something. I'm going to say something, and I want you to say it too, okay? So, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you knew me and you chose me before I was born. And you gave your life to pay for me so I could be free and I could become your child. So Jesus, this morning, I ask you to forgive me for my sins and I ask you to come into my heart and show me how to walk with you. I thank you, Lord, Lord, I give you my life and now you are my God. I love you because you love me so much. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God some thanks and praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you all right, we got a few minutes so we can get things ready. If you desire to be prayed for this morning, please just hang around and we'll have some folks up here to pray for you and have a wonderful and time at our chili cook-off and come